Hey there, and welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD. Trying to improve our health and wellness with ADHD can feel like an uphill battle. Neurotypical advice tends to be complicated, rigid, and quite honestly, kind of boring. Us ADHDers thrive off of fun and need to be supported by people who just get us and the way our brain works. And most importantly, we need to feel encouraged and inspired instead of shamed. No falling off of any hypothetical wagons here. I'm Chelsea Eithoven and I'm a health and mindset coach who was diagnosed with ADHD at age 30. Stick around and together we can explore, learn, and play our way to a more vibrant lifestyle. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to Vibrancy with ADHD. So on today's episode, I had the absolute honor of having a conversation with Julie Borexki. And you might know her on Instagram as ADHD Health Hacks. And Julie is a fellow member of the late diagnosis club when it comes to ADHD. We were both diagnosed in our 30s. And she is also a holistic nutritionist. And she works with people with ADHD to help them improve their symptoms, but also create simple lifestyle changes for better management of your ADHD and just to feel better in your life. So this conversation was awesome. And as soon as I found Julie on Instagram and we started kind of talking and having conversations, I knew I had to have her on the podcast because although we both talk about health and nutrition for ADHD adults, we talk about and we kind of specialize in different things. So Julie really opened my eyes to some new things that I didn't have as much knowledge and particularly supplementation and ADHD. So we talk about the supplements that she takes, what she recommends for people with ADHD to try, and even the supplement that she's been taking that her doctor recommended instead of her ADHD medication. So that's just one small little tidbit of our conversation. We dove into all things from our ADHD diagnosis story to health hacks and the best simple habits to start if you have ADHD that are going to be the most beneficial to you and so on and so forth. So I had so much fun having this conversation with Julie and I hope that you guys enjoy listening. So here is my conversation with Julie from ADHD Health Hacks. Welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you? I'm so good. I'm really excited to be here too. Thank you for having me on. Of course, I can't wait to pick your brain on so many things, but before we dive into kind of our main topics, let's just do a few fun questions to kind of start things out just to get to know you a little bit. Sound good? Sounds awesome. Okay, Okay, sweet. So I'm so nosy, so I like to know like details about people's lives. So what is your morning beverage? Well, yeah, I'm actually drinking one of them right now. So usually when I wake up, I'm like, I have to hydrate. I always feel so thirsty. So Instead of just having my water, I add like an ounce of, it's like a herbal, basically helps your adrenals. It's like full of antioxidants and it kind of just tastes like juice. So it just really helps me manage stress. And it actually is good for my mitochondria. So it gives me like natural, real energy that's not from caffeine. So I've been doing that for years and that one's just like a habit habit. It's actually one of the products that got me super into like high quality supplements because it's so amazing. So that one I've been drinking for like seven years. And then once I'm done hydrating, I have 
my morning coffee, but my morning coffee has some other things for like cognition. It has MCTs. So it's almost kind of like a bulletproof. So it just really helps my brain. It kind of sustains me for a couple of hours. And then I kind of just wait until lunch before I eat. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. My husband always makes fun of me because like my co- my morning coffee changes all the time, but it's always so complex. Like it'll be like, he'll be like, can I make you your coffee? And I'm like, well, you can, but there's like a teaspoon of ashwagandha, a teaspoon <laughs> of maca. You know, he's like, what? Uh, never mind. You know what? You just do it yourself. So That's I love exciting. it so much. So what is the supplement that you put in your water called? I'm so curious. It's called extra, like X-T-R-A. And so, yeah, they used to be a direct selling company, but now they just sell it directly like e-commerce. So I think you can just go online and get it now. Yeah. And it's, I can't even remember some, they spent something like crazy, like $30 million in research before like coming out with it. Like it's super awesome. It has ashwagandha in it actually. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I've been putting little drops of trace minerals into my water. Yes. I can't wait to talk to you about supplements because that's one thing that's like not my area of expertise. And we're going to have to dive into that with you because I think, you know, way more about that topic than I do. Okay. What is your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. That's so hard. I love food. But I would say if I just had to pick one whole food, it would probably be like an avocado or something like I freaking love avocado. And besides that, I'm a sucker for stuff like, oh my God, like I love pierogies. Yeah, I would say (gasps) pierogies. I I love pierogies. Oh yeah. Like loaded up with all of the things and the sour cream. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was like a childhood favorite of mine. I love a pierogi cooked in lots of butter. Oh, anything cooked in butter. Right. Right. For sure. Me too. Okay. What are your non-negotiable forms of self-care? Oh, non-negotiable. Definitely time in nature. Like I can literally tell when my mental health slips that I have not been spending enough time like going out in nature. So that's huge for me. What would we, oh, hydration, like drinking lots of water, like that's big for me and taking one or two like hot Epsom salt baths a week just to like unwind. I'd say those are my three that I always do. I love those so much. I, yeah, I need to get better about consistently going into nature, but the baths, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm addicted to baths. I yeah. love it. It's also how I just like escape my family sometimes when I just need to time out. I know they <laughs> won't bother me in there. And I will, like, I, my partner knows if I'm going for a bath that you'll see me in two hours, like minimum, right. like right. I'm gone. <laughs> right. I'm not home right now. I'm not yeah. available. <laughs> okay. What's a book that has changed your life? Oh God, that's a tough one. There's so many, but I would say, well, when I discovered ADHD, I would say Scattered Minds by Gabor Mate. That one, like, that one was really eye-opening for me. So as far as ADHD related, that one was huge. And maybe the one that how to make friends and influence people. I'd say that one's like played out in my life, like big time with clients and growing a business. Yeah. That's, that's interesting, you know, because I do feel like also part of ADHD that isn't talked about as much is kind of that social 
emotional relationship factor. You know, yeah. I feel like it's not as innate for us, or at least I'm speaking for myself. It's oh, not no, for me. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I swing from the pendulum. Like sometimes I'm like on, I have to feel comfortable of any, anyone that I'm comfortable around. I feel like I can really do it, but I'm a very awkward person. So it takes a lot for me to be comfortable in social situations. I'm completely yeah. the same. I think it goes yeah. back to that, like masking thing, you know, oh, like yeah. we kind of the people we have to mask our symptoms and the real us kind of, Yeah, it's like, we're not as comfortable around them, but then there's some people that like, we can completely break out of our shells and yes. be ourselves wholly. Yeah. And yeah those wholly. are obviously my favorite people to be around. <laughs> okay. Do you have a morning routine? Yes. Vaguely, like not as okay. well as I would like it to be, but yeah, pretty much I, weeks. So I have two stepkids. So every other week they actually help me have a better morning routine. So it's pretty much like wake up. I first thing I do is hydrate. Like I like die if I don't hydrate first thing in the morning and then I take my supplements and then usually it is either coffee or my breakfast, but then it's like getting the kids out the door, dropping them off at school. And then when I come back is kind of when I have like a power hour and I like follow up with clients and do my social media stuff and Okay. Yeah. 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 It's funny that you said you'd like to be better at it. That's one thing I'm like, I've realized since I've learned that I had ADHD, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe that's why I constantly, again, with the coffee too, it's like ever evolving and always changing. Yeah. There's always something, but like, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know if we ever are the type of people that can stick to something perfectly. Right. Yeah. I know when I have it in place, like life is good, but yeah, as soon as I fall off, it's just going to take me a minute to like get back to it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. Interestingly enough, I've actually felt like my new morning routine is coming straight to work because I was getting too involved in my morning routine, like meditation and journaling. And I'm like realizing I'm getting hyper-focused on it and doing it for two hours. And so yes. I get up to work straight away. And now I kind of pushed it off to like the early afternoon and it's been really nice, you know, yeah, it's just like a little more chill, a little, chill, a little more flow. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. And what are you obsessed with? Oh my God. My cats. <laughs> <laughs> like it. it's actually ridiculous. They bring me so much joy. So yeah, I would say obsessed with them. I'm literally obsessed with a lot of my supplements. Like they fuel me. I am obsessed with nature and like nature photography. So that's just been a random little pastime. Like I love capturing nature. Like I, yeah, I love putting it behind a screen and just showing people the way that I like see things. Yeah. I yeah, guess those are the ones that are coming to mind at this moment. And I love your nature photography too. Every time I go to your Instagram stories, it reminds me to get back in nature. You <laughs> know, and I always hope that it'll so do that. Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need that. It looks so calm and Zen and tell everybody, where do you live? So I live on Vancouver Island, which is basically as far West coast as you can go in Canada. It's like off the coast of Vancouver. It's a it big looks, Island. Yeah. It looks so, so beautiful. It I, is beautiful. Like, so that's probably why I become so obsessed with nature. You can't really avoid it here. Like you're just surrounded by oceans and mountains and trees and like, it's just part. Yeah. It's just become part of me really. That's like the dream <laughs> for yeah. me. I love it. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, those are, are like kind of quick, but kind of long, just questions just to dive in and get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. But I wanted to have you on here because we have super similar stories in multiple ways. Like we 
first of all, our diagnosis stories, getting diagnosed with ADHD are really similar. Like we were, we were both diagnosed in our thirties within the past year. So, and what you do is very similar to what I do as well. We talk about health and nutrition and wellness and all of that in the realm of ADHD, which there's not a whole lot of people out there doing that. So, so first let's talk about your diagnosis story. So I, I feel like more and more people are starting to understand that ADHD isn't just the hyper little boy, you know, and I was even guilty of that as a kindergarten teacher. I didn't realize that ADHD could look any different than that. So I feel like more women are getting diagnosed at older eight at an older age, you know, and it's, it's been really beneficial in my life understanding this about myself, but I want to hear a little bit about like, what is your diagnosis story? How did that come about? How did you learn about it? What, what's all that look like? Yeah. So it was all kind of like really just universal and random. Never in my life, despite being the most ADHD person, did it, was it even a consideration? And so once I found out that was a light bulb, but really it was, so my partner, Dan, he was diagnosed with ADHD when he was a kid, but nothing was ever really done with it. Like he really, like his mother didn't really go about it. And he has been seeing a psychologist for a few years for just like other things. And they, they started the conversation again about ADHD and him and I were literally just chatting about his session one day. And he said a couple of key things that I was just like, no, everybody doesn't do that. That's not normal. (laughs) So it was like, what they were. I don't, I honestly don't remember it. Yeah, no. And that's the thing too. Like my memory, like memory what of course days and what goes like I have no control over that it feels like but yeah there was just a couple of key things that I was just like it really resonated and then I went and seeked out some podcasts actually and I think I landed on I can't remember the name of the woman who does it but it's like ADHD for smart ass women oh yes that one Tracy Tracy Altuka I landed on that one too I love that one so I think it was like episode one or two where she was going into the less commonly on like less commonly talked about traits of ADHD and uh, literally I was just like ding 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 and then I was just like mind blown So from that, I just kind of like read up a little bit more. So really, I self-diagnosed myself before going and like seeking that out. And then I went to my family doctor and, oh, and then I guess I should put this in here too. So when all this was happening, like I was really struggling because it was like we were however many months into the pandemic, I had been laid off my job for four months. I went from living very independently, like bachelorette lifestyle could really cater to my ADHD without realizing that that's what I was doing to all of a sudden living with my partner who has two kids, like trying to grow a business to make up for this. So I, and I was just like a mess. I had no patience, my mood, I was all over the place. So I knew something was up. And then once I discovered that ADHD piece, I was like, whoa, like, I really think that this is playing into why I'm struggling so hard with all of these transitions right now. So that's when I went to my doctor to be like, I'm really struggling. I think that I have ADHD and that is a part of it. And I knew, I at least knew to be like, I wasn't going for her to validate that. I was going to her to say, I want a referral to a psychiatrist. 
And luckily I did that because she was very like, well, you've never come to me for mental health things. I highly doubt that's what's going on. Like you, you're just adjusting to changes in your life. But I was very adamant that I wanted that referral to a psychiatrist because at this point I had done ample of my own research and was like this, I think this is what's going on. So luckily she did that. I got the diagnosis. It was crazy. So everyone I talked to, it takes years and years and years, but from me going to her to me having my diagnosis was like two weeks and there's no one else that I've talked to that that's happened. So I don't know if I just wow. found some like sweet spot, especially in Canada too, where there's like, can be longer. That's what I was just going to say. I think, wow. So yeah. I don't know. How, yeah. But that was really quick. And then he was really great. And he really impressed me because he was, he gave me basically like, these are all of your options for treatment. And it included the diet, the lifestyle, the, these are your medication options. And I wasn't, I did not expect that from him at all. And then, yeah. And then I chose to like experiment with taking medication and my doctor, my family doctor has been very unsupportive through this whole thing. And like, I hate talking to her about it, but that's how it all happened. Wow. Oh my God. Hearing that, I actually didn't realize how many parallels we have in our story. (laughs) Like, listen, that is so spot on. I I did the same thing where I kind of something sparked in me, a conversation sparked in me with a friend that I might, is a possibility I might have ADHD. And I looked at podcasts because I'm obsessed with podcasts and I found Tracy's podcast and listened to probably the same one you did. And I actually, I had the same aha moment. Like I still remember exactly what I was doing. I was like, redoing my counters at 11 PM, the most ADHD thing ever to be doing, you know? And, (laughs) and I was listening to it. Yep. And I was like, check, check, check. Oh my gosh. I just was like, I'm the most ADHD person ever. And how did I not know that? Right. Exactly. Easy. And then you get into the kind of the anger. I like, I went through all these stages of just being like, why, why is this not like, why didn't I know about this? Like, Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And also, yeah, the reaction of your doctor, my story is super similar to that too. I, we already know this, but there's such a stigma when it comes to ADHD and especially I think doctors, maybe because they're the ones prescribing the medication. So I, I did the same thing as you. I went to a, a primary care doctor. I never go to the doctor. Just going to be honest. Like I never go to the doctor. Yeah. And so I didn't have a doctor. So I had never come to see this woman, you know, and over the phone, they ask you what you want to see, what you want to talk to them about. I was the same way. I was like, I don't want validation. I actually want to know, I want to be referred somewhere so that I can get tested, you know, because I've been misdiagnosed before. I was actually diagnosed with bipolar disorder when I was 23. And now I think that that was a misdiagnosis of ADHD, Mm -hmm. but I walked into the doctor's office and I, and she said to me, she goes, So you want the, she didn't even say hello. She walked in and she said, so you're looking for ADHD medication. And I was like, what? No, no, not at all. Like I'm not looking for medication. I'm looking to see if I have it. And I felt so judged in that moment, you know? Oh yeah. My doctor accused me of how do I know you're not just getting this prescription to go and sell it on the streets. And I was like, I was like, I'm a holistic nutritionist that like has, (gasps) doesn't even take antibiotics from you. Like that's not right. Here, like, oh my God. Right. And we experience enough shame and and just feeling misunderstood as it is. I think that's such a barrier for a lot of people. And I yes. think there's a lot of ways that 
were deterred to go seek a diagnosis because of that, but also it's expensive. A lot of times women get misdiagnosed with mood disorders. There's just such uh-huh. a stigma around it. And I think we're starting to see that change, thankfully. But I almost feel like we're seeing the change via social media though. Like right. anything. Right. I hope that bleeds over into yes. the medical world and just general, you know, realizations as well too. Cause you're right. It's Ew. on social media. There's, there's a lot more information out there than I realized, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And I think also what you were talking about this year with the pandemic and a lot of people being laid off and that completely changing their, their situation with their job or big life changes. A lot of times is when women realize they hit a breaking point and they can't handle everything anymore. And they're like, what is wrong with me? Right. And so you, you'd mentioned that's a little bit part of your story. Do you feel like your structure in your, your job previously, like, did you have more structure in your job previously? And that kind of helped you like almost just be able to manage or, I think it was all encompassing of just like my lifestyle as well. Cause all my job was just like, so I always had side hustles that I was working and working my nutrition business online, but my primary source of income was in hospitality and I was working in like a cocktail lounge. So, and it was like high paced, high speed. Like it was perfect for ADHD. It makes me realize why I stayed in that environment for so long. Cause it was just like, you have to be hyper efficient, hype. Like it was just, and I was really good at it. So, but no, it, but then there was other, some ways, like I was working in a bar. So like I was drinking more than I should be. And there are these other things that were definitely not supportive to my overall well being. But I think it was more that for one, I think I had a lot of just complete lack of self-awareness for most of the years of my life. I think I normalized a lot of the things that I struggled with and things that were just not quite right because that's all I had ever known. And so, yeah, like being able to just live on my own, like I would just hit my breaking point. Let's say I had a busy weekend at work and I had just put all of my executive function out. Like it was gone. Like I would call it, I have a people hangover. That's what I thought it was. It was like, I have a people hangover and I just need two days to lock myself in my apartment, speak to no one, go nowhere and just lie on the couch for two days. And like, I thought that was totally normal. You know, I was like, I'm introverted. I've just talked to a lot of people and now I just shut down for two days. I can't so, tell you how many times I've said that. Like <laughs> my husband listens to my podcast and it's so funny. So I'm sure he's going to listen to that and be like, yep, that's you. Because I was a teacher and I see so many parallels again, like between being in hospitality and teaching it's high paced, it's energetic. We kind of thrive in that environment in many ways. Yeah. Right. And then we don't realize anything's wrong, but yeah, I, I like, I, felt like also I had a built-in excuse for why my memory was terrible and why I was scatterbrained. I was like, there's 30 kids always like pulling at my leg, trying to get my attention. And I'm trying to balance all this stuff. Of course, I can't remember this. Of course, I can't manage stuff outside this, you know, and, and the social hangover every weekend. And it was, yeah, I would just need to recharge completely and I couldn't do anything. And I think I also, when my husband came into my life, he sort of not took on a caretaker role, but he's a very much like he will take over things. So he took over the bills and he took over my student loan payment. Like he logged in and did all that stuff. And so I think for a long time, I just like didn't realize 
oh, you know, if I had to manage all this on my own, it would be near impossible, you know? And yeah, it's just interesting to see how, how it kind of develops and how, when we're in our thirties, cause people will say, you know, how do you get to 30 and not know? And it's like, I think there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Definitely. You know, it's not a black and white. And I think that as we age too, it's like the responsibilities kind of keep stacking. Right. And yes. then you get to 30 and it's like, all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, like I'm like full blown adult. And I got like a lot of responsibilities and like, this feels crappy. And I'm like, right, right. And I'm sure it feels crappy for a lot of people, but yeah, I think it's just, especially for like the more inattentive type, I'm thinking I'm more of a combined type ADHD, but the psychiatrist said I'm leaning more towards inattentive. So where we have a lot of like hidden traits and have gotten really good at masking. So yeah. And all of a sudden school, it just hits you. All of a sudden you're right. just exhausted. You can't hide it anymore. You can't mask it anymore. It's just, you, you burn out, you burn out by 30. Right. Yeah. Right. And through school, you don't, it doesn't get caught for inattentive types because yeah. you're, you're not disrupting the class. No. You're not, you know, and for me, like I was always top of the class. Like I, I was actually always quite light school. Cause I really like learning things. I'm a very curious an inquisitive person. So if I enjoy what I'm learning, like I thrive in it. So like, why I was quiet, I doodled and I got straight A's. Like, why mm-hmm. would I have gotten looked at? You know what I mean? Never totally. mind that I'm just like daydreaming off into space <laughs> the whole time and like literally yeah. couldn't listen without doodling. And so yeah. I see it now, but uh-huh. right, right. Uh, yeah. And it's like, I, I was you talked about a pendulum swing earlier. And I think that's so common for us in so many different areas. That was me with school. Like I would have straight A's in in the subjects I was interested in. And, but then I would literally have D's and F's in the other classes, you know, and it wasn't until high school that that started happening. Yeah. It's just interesting. It just shows differently in everybody. And that's something I think a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. So kind of being part of the late diagnosis club, do, do you feel like, like, how do you feel like your ADHD kind of impacted you through your earlier years? Like, are there any things that you look back on? Like you said, school wasn't a struggle for you, but Mm -hmm. is there anything you do look back on that? You're like, Oh, that's why I was that way. Or like, if I would have known about my ADHD, that would have gone completely differently. Like any, any, that's such a good, like instantly where my mind went with that question was I always was quite awkward with friendships. So Mm. I, I never was that person that had like the big group of like clicky friends. I always had like my one best friend of like the moment. <laughs> yes. That was wow. Very inter- it was like, okay, you're my best friend for like this grade. And now you're my best. Like, so I was, I was interested with that. I had a lot of social anxiety. Like if that one friend like wasn't at school that day, like I was just like so uncomfortable and had such bad anxiety about things like that. So I think that was part of it. I had a lot of, insecurity and like self-deprecating thoughts and like all of those things which then as you get into like more the teenage years it was like I kind of dated a-holes and started like getting into like the binge drinking and then early adulthood it was like the drug phase and so I really do think that all of those things were a self-medicating for ADHD and also just masking all the time feeling different than everybody else and not really knowing why giving me all of this social anxiety and just not feeling great about myself totally oh my gosh yeah and actually 
this wasn't a direction I was expecting to go, but there is a lot of talk about ADHD and self-medication and, and drugs and alcohol. And that's something that I, I struggled with a lot when I was younger, especially alcohol. And even like into like within a few years ago, you know, it was like alcohol was something that I, I struggled with because I did feel like it, like, I don't know, maybe it like slows it was a social brain. lubricant. Totally. Totally. Social a social lubricant, lubricant for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I almost feel like it allows me to be more present as somebody with ADHD. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? Yep. Like, yeah, that was <laughs> with cannabis. So uh-huh. I definitely had my binge drinking with alcohol, but that wasn't like my everyday thing was an alcohol. It was just like when I drank, I drank. But with for me, it was like, yeah, cannabis was my number one self-medication for years and years and years. That was a daily thing. And for me, it was like, literally, I could would notice that I'd focus on my breath without even trying, like, it would slow me down. Like, I was valedictorian of my nutrition program. And I basically did it stoned. And like, it's just <laughs> and like, Cause I, and it's so funny. I was, so, it even, I would say to myself, oh, I need to focus on studying. I need to focus on writing this paper. I need to focus on this. If I get stoned, I will focus on this one thing. So here I am literally telling myself I need an outside substance to focus and still never even considered that, oh, maybe you have a focus disorder. Like, no, right. Right. I know. I feel this. I feel the same exact way. I found a screenshot on my phone of like from, 10 years ago of a focus supplement that somebody posted on like Facebook or whatever. And I'm like, hello, if you felt like you could never focus, why was it never considered that like, this might be something that actually has a root cause, you know, but we don't realize that other people don't feel this way, you know, because it's our, yeah, we only know our experience. Right. And right. And it's like, everybody else is just trying harder. Everybody else just like is able to sit down, you know, and it's like, I should be able to do better than me. Yeah. Yes. That's at the root of it. Completely. Completely. So, okay. So it sounds like, uh, did you have at any point, some kind of turning point that kind of guided you to study health and nutrition? Because that is also something a lot of ADHDers struggle with. So what's your, what's yes. kind of your story there? That has been a total, total blessing. And it's so funny thinking about that because that's been probably the most helpful thing of anything that I've ever done in my life well before knowing about ADHD. And that for me was actually being really let down and disappointed with some of like the care I had gotten for certain like injuries and help that I needed from the traditional medical system. So I remember just feeling really disheartened one day. And there was one specific incident that really stands out. And it was, I played a lot of sports growing up. I was like quite competitive and played really competitive, like softball and volleyball. And I had basically destroyed my knees by like 18, 19. By the time I was like in my early twenties, they were, it was, I could not even get up in the morning sometimes in the winter when it was cold and damp. And so I remember going to the doctor to be like, like, this isn't right. I need help with this. Like, like I'm in pain all of the time. And he basically like, didn't even offer to do it. An x-ray essentially looked at me and said, well, there's nothing you can do. So you should stop hiking, stop playing sports. Otherwise it's just (laughs) going to get worse. 
And I'm no, like, let me just stop all the things that bring me joy. Sounds great. Thanks. Yeah. At, at like <laughs> 21 too. It's just like, so just like sit on my butt until I die now. Like I just, it was so, so it was kind of in that moment that I went, all right, there's got to be something I can do. And I was like, and I think I got to figure this out on my own. And then that I've always liked reading. And so I'm so bad with remembering things, but there's like this key book that I read and it might've even been called you are what you eat. It might've even been something as simple you, as, as that. I'm, I'm the same way. If you remember it, we'll put it in the show notes okay. <laughs> I hear that all the yeah. time. I'll remember later and we'll just throw it in the show and notes. I remember <laughs> reading this book and just, it blew my mind. It changed everything I had ever thought about food. It changed everything I thought about how you can like tell things are off in your body from things like looking at your tongue from just like, so it changed everything. And from that, then I kind of like ADHD hyperfocus, I kind of became obsessed with reading about health and nutrition. And then from that, I'm like, well, I really like this. So like, how do you, is there a way I can like make a job out of this? And I did it literally a simple Google search and went, become a nutritionist in Victoria. Victoria was right with the city I was living in. Lo and behold, the most comprehensive nutrition program in all of Canada was right in the city I was living in. I read their website. I went, you got the tingles of just like, that's exactly it. And then I just studied that for three and a half years and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And that's like such an example of how ADHD impulsiveness can be incredible. You know, right? like I'm such a strong believer that any big decision I've made in my life has been such an impulse, you know, yeah. but it's sometimes like, those impulses flop, but other times it's just like right. totally tr- like puts your life on this new trajectory. That's amazing. Right. Wow. Oh my gosh. That is so incredible. And yeah. And I'm also a big believer in like, it's meant to be. And for that program to be in your city, you know, yeah. where you live, it's like, that was meant to be, you know, yeah, definitely. Wow. That is so crazy. Yeah. And I am, yeah, you'll have to if you remember what that book is, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll make a note of that because I will. I'll be able to find it if I look. I think it is called You Are What You Eat. Yeah. And and when you were talking about that and how you were kind of opening your your eyes to just the different possibilities and 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 everything that you were, you know, just kind of getting a new perspective on health. I remember a moment that I, the moment that I realized that physical illness and physical things can be a manifestation of internal thoughts, beliefs, emotions, like that they can come out that way. It was, I, and I learned that in my health coaching program and I was just mind blown, you know, like I was like, Oh my gosh, because I, I suffered from such intense digestive struggles my entire life, like not my entire life, probably I would say my, like my, the entirety of my twenties, like college and on. And I realized that that was just a manifestation of stress and, you know, like, but not even stress from like school or things like that. It was all these thoughts I was having about myself and about the social anxiety aspect of things. And am I good enough in this way? And and just all these thoughts that were compiling and creating digestive distress. And when I learned that there's a connection and that a lot of illnesses can manifest from internal mental health struggles, I was so mind blown. And that's when I realized how important mental health is and how it's that holistic view of things is just 
so important. That's, you know? I'm so glad you said the holistic because, yeah, that's what it all is, right? Because I feel like that sometimes people will hear, oh, you're a holistic nutritionist and they just assume it's some kind of like foo-foo, something yes. or because of the word holistic when really all it means is like you need to look at the whole person, like right. breaking people into these tiny little parts and thinking that it's not connected to all the other parts in their body and their mind because nothing works on its own. So I think that's kind of the bridge that has to be between like allopathic and holistic care is just like starting to just like look at the whole person again and like absolutely yeah I mean if we look at the human body and how intricate it is and how everything is interconnected and intertwined it's like yeah we can't break it into these different pieces everything yeah. is connected but it's simpler we like to think in binary ways we yes. like to think in black and white ways and like try to break things down, you know, and, and it's, yeah. it can't always happen. It can't, it's not yeah. as simple as we want it to be, you know, and it's good to have those understandings of like the functions and how the organs work and do that to like get in that close. But then we have to remember to come back out again and then like, look at, okay, so the, what is the liver's connection to the digestive system? What is the liver's connection to this? Like you have to be able to come back out again after figuring out what's going on close up, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And kind of backtracking, was there like when you did get your ADHD diagnosis, was there anything that you felt like, okay, now that I know this about myself and now that I know this is like this, <laughs> I wrote down like, you know, structure of how this conversation could go. But obviously, of course, my brain yeah. can't stick to that. We're just going <laughs> to go all over the place. But I'm going back to the diagnosis piece. And so, was there anything that you were kind of like, oh my gosh, now I feel like more capable of doing this thing or anything new that you kind of decided to pursue after your ADHD diagnosis? Does that make sense? Yeah, like it makes more sense. capable, capable so, after knowing that. I there was definitely a level of empowerment. At first, it was just like it was literally like my whole life flashed back in like pictures, and it was like all of a sudden everything in my entire life made sense. So like, that was really amazing. There was a little bit of overwhelm of just like, well, like, what does this mean? How do I do this? But yes, there was a huge, I would say overall, anything, it was empowering of being like, okay, so yes, I am struggling right now. And I'm having these struggles. But I have some I have a reason I have something to like, if I focus on helping my ADHD, it's going to help me with these struggles. Like, so I felt very empowered and I liked that I was able to start tailoring my strategies, tailoring my supplements, tailoring my habits to this thing that could support me. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's why I wanted to bring that up is because I think, yeah, when people think that getting this, some people might even be scared to seek a diagnosis because they think, I don't want to know this about myself. Like, I don't want this like label on me and it's going to change things. And, and it feels like at first it does feel disempowering. And it's like, mm -hmm. like you said, you had a phase of anger too, where it's like, gosh, why didn't I know this? And it's like this grieving over what could be, you know, totally. and, and, but then we come through the other end and it's like, okay, yeah, now I realize that things that I thought I could never pursue just because I didn't think I was able to do it. You know, I, I, now I know I can do it because I can help myself and I can, I can like create specific strategies that work for me and, and get the support that I need and exactly. know 
what I need to be successful. And then also know that it's okay to do it in your own way and do things right. Because that's been huge for me too. Like I'm surrounded by a lot of very like high achieving people and like some of the work that I do and in my online business. And I remember always comparing myself to them being like, how do they go live three times a week? How do they do this at this? Like, I will never be able to do that. And what I've come to learn is like, I don't have to. You don't have to. I can literally flail and get inspired and put out a video or put out a post and just like, that's okay. Yes. Like that's been such a learning curve for me too. I used to think it had to be so consistent. And I'm like, honestly, the word consistent is it's not overrated, but it kind of is in a way like consistency doesn't look the same for us and that's okay. You know? Yeah. 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 And I was just, you know, I, I, sometimes I have that grieving period of, I remember before I went into college, I wanted to study nutrition, but I was scared. I was like, I was like, uh, I'll have to take all these science classes. Like I knew how I struggled through high school and then I did struggle in college too, but eventually ended up coming out the other end with a teaching degree, like eight years later. But I was like, I, I didn't want to study nutrition because I was scared of the science classes and all that stuff. And as a 30 year old, I'm like, man, I, I still have gone through this grieving period of like, I wish I would have done that back then, you know, and I would have known about my ADHD. I would have been able to support myself and, and study nutrition. The other day though, I got curious and I went to my, my, my college, my university's like website page. They don't even have a nutrition program there. So Uh I'm like, again, the things that are like meant to be, I'm like, that solidifies for me. I don't need to regret my path. Like it, it's all going to come together the way it was supposed to come together because that and you have a such a better before. handle on your ADHD now and like all this right. stuff too, right? So you're, you're not going to go into school as the same person that you were before either. Right, exactly. And so I've been applying to grad school recently and that's such a scary step. But if I didn't have my ADHD diagnosis, I would have never known, you know, like it, it's like, I don't think I would have ever had the balls to do that, you know? Congratulations. That's huge. You're going to love Thank it. Thank you. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things that you've talked to, like you've hit on. So you help people through nutrition and like lifestyle habits, you help them manage their ADHD symptoms. Is that correct? Yeah. That's kind of what it's evolved into. Yeah. And I don't even so much really specify being like, I want to help you manage your ADHD because I don't want people to ever think that I'm trying to treat ADHD and that ADHD goes away. Like that's not the thing. I, my like values and just like the way that I view it is just, I want to show people how to support their support themselves and their health in ways that are really simple and sustainable and are going to provide like long-term results. And then from that, if you are feeling better, like it's just going to ripple out to every other area of your life. And so it's just, I just, I want to empower people in their lives and have them understand that you don't need to have these like crazy rigid diet plans, exercise plan. Like I, I I want to show people that it can be simple and you can have ADHD and you can be inconsistent sometimes if you just have a couple of key things in place that are going to support you through our inconsistency. 
Completely. I love that so much. And it's back to that holistic view. It's like you improve some of these health habits and therefore your ADHD symptoms do become easier to manage. Mm-hmm. And therefore then you're able to improve more health, you know, more of your health habits. Yeah. And it's just kind of this like continuing cycle. Yeah. So I love that. And yeah, you're right. It's like, you're not trying to treat ADHD, but a lot of people ask me, what other treatments are there besides medication? And I'm like, well, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to like give you, you know, but there are things that you can do to manage your symptoms. Like for years I was managing my symptoms with exercise and I had no idea, you know, but so if you, yeah, so I think that's so awesome. So for someone who's kind of just getting started, what would you say would be some, some of your like favorite lifestyle changes or strategies that are really simple, but have helped you kind of manage your ADHD and, or just improve your health in different ways in an ADHD friendly way. Like let's just hit on some of those. Sure. Okay. So first and foremost, I'm a huge advocate for, I'm going to list off a couple of things. Don't go try to do them all at the same time. Like do it (laughs) one at a time and get it nailed, like pick one, try it for two weeks turn it into a bit of a habit and then bring in something new. Like you're just setting yourself up for failure to try to change everything in your life at the same time. It's just chaotic. Mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) um, Honestly, one of the simplest and one of the most effective things is like be drinking enough water and make sure that you're drinking like good quality water, like find out what is in your tap water. And if it's full of fluoride and chlorine, like try to invest in like a countertop filtration unit. Like the one, like I don't like our water. So I have one of the Berkey little travel ones. I think it was like $300, but we are obsessed with it. The water tastes so much better. So yeah, the quality of your water that you're drinking is very important, but yeah, like starting, Oh my God, starting there, waking up in the morning and drinking like a liter of water to start your day. What that is going to do for your energy levels for your hunger cues, for just like everything is huge. Like your skin health, your gut health. Like it's the most simple thing that I feel like so many people are missing. And that one is huge. But on that one. So I think a lot of people, I think know that on like some level, you know, is there, but I think what we have trouble with, with ADHD is actually implementing these things. So do you have like a couple like strategies that have helped you drink more water? Like just simple things that you've done that have kind of helped you make that change. So what I can say is even like the forcing yourself for two weeks, whether that is with a timer that reminds you in the morning or a freaking big sticky note somewhere right in your kitchen that you can't like avoid it. What I have found is I used to not drink water, not enough water at all and didn't think about it in the morning. It's nothing. As soon as I actually got myself hydrated, my body demands water. Like it's not even something I need to think about or try to do anymore. Like it is just like, give me water. Like that's the thing. Once you get your body back in balance, a body that is in balance is going to ask for the things that keep it in balance. So yeah, sticky notes, timers, put stuff. Like if you just like water's too boring and you don't want to drink it. Like I have lots of like fun little like supplements that actually go in my water. So it makes them taste like juice. And then next I'm also giving things for my brain or I'm filling it full of minerals. So I'm like putting all these other things, but it makes my water more fun. Cucumber, strawberries, mint, like just do things to your water to make you want to drink it more too. Have it with you everywhere. If it's like in front of you while you're working or in your car, like I don't go anywhere without a bottle of water. 
because if it's there, you're, it's more easy to grab it and drink from it. Yeah. Right. Right. I love those so much. Yeah. I'm a big fan of putting things in my water too, to make it taste better. Like, and I'm even a big fan of like, you know, things like crystal light, you know, I, 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 obviously that's not the most nutritious suggestion, but I'm like, I would rather, I would rather somebody and, and myself drink uh, water with crystal light in it than not drink any water at all, you know, hundred percent. and like LaCroix and those kinds of like flavored waters in the bubble. Oh, yeah, I drink those the all variety, the time. The variety for us with ADHD is so important, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Big time. Okay. I love that. I love that. Okay. So water and then what else? So I feel like people think to just almost like get back in shape and do these things that you need to like be killing yourself at the gym or exercising really hard. And that's just not realistic for a lot of people, especially if you're just starting at square zero. So a goal that I have set for myself is just making sure I get like 7,500 steps in a day, whether or not like that's your phone that tracks it or your, or you have one of those, like a lot of people wear have smartwatches and stuff now. But what that will do just for like, just you, our bodies need to be moving. So if we're sitting too much, the effect that that actually has on your cognition, on your energy levels, like it's profound. So just like, like I love walking in nature, even finding some little walk that you like that's near you and just having that be a goal, putting on a podcast if it's too boring just to walk, like putting on something to like make it more interesting, but moving your body just that bit every single day. That's a, that will have life-changing effects for you as well. Could not agree more. Yeah. When I was 23 and I was diagnosed with bipolar, for me, movement is I just started dedicating more time to exercise. You know, I, I was just Googling at the time, like how to improve mental health. And I focused on that and exercise. Everybody said it, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, I always thought of exercise as this thing that you do to lose weight. And I would just get Mm -hmm. on the elliptical and like, I hated it. And then I just started doing more and more movement and finding movement that I enjoyed, which at the time was a lot of yoga. I was still trying to force myself to run and do things that I didn't like, but I got in the habit and I noticed my emotions were, it was night and day from the way that I could manage my emotions, my anxiety. I noticed if I didn't work out for a week, I felt all of those old feelings come back, you know? And, and now I think I I do have more, I'm the combined type. I think I have a lot more hyperactive tendencies than a lot of women do when it comes to ADHD. I'm not sure on that. So, but I feel like I do because I, you know, but that exercise is such a great way to manage ADHD too, but you're right for anybody. It's like, it can make such a big difference, you know, like in so many ways. And it's just one small thing, right? One One small small thing. And then just bonus points. If you go and get your exercise with some green space around, then you're just like Mm. two birds, one stone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's another good key one? So I'd say blood sugar is a big thing. And I'd say because us with ADHD, sugar, and especially how our easy access to processed foods and sugar it's just like, it's very hard for people with ADHD. I know that I can get on just like sugar roller coasters. Like I'm kind of been eating too much sugar these days, actually. And I think that's probably because I've been taking a break from my medication. So I've been noticing that I'm wanting sugar more. So finding strategies to 
help try to avoid these blood sugar spikes and crashes because like it really affects your mood. It really affects your energy levels. It really, it affects so many things. So a really easy one just to start with, if you're starting at square zero is to don't drink sugary beverages. Like you just said, if you can sub those out for one of the like flavored, like bubblies or adding a supplement to your water instead, like finding that's a really easy one that is going to really help just cut out the sugar that's in like juices and soda pops. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Blood sugar. It's so interesting. Blood sugar is such a big component of health and nutrition and it's, it's something that I feel like is not mainstream at all or understood by a whole lot of people. Cause I'll see people, you know, when they're trying to change their nutrition, you can even be on a blood sugar roller coaster and being eating the quote unquote healthiest foods in the entire world. You know, like I'll see people that are eating, they'll eat just, just a giant bowl of fruit in the morning. And I'm like, that's incredible. You know, that's carbohydrates and fiber and it's so good for you, but that is going to still spike your blood sugar as much as a big cup of fruit juice or soda. You know, it's like balancing it with a little bit of protein and fiber and healthy fat. And it makes a difference, not only in our cognition, like you said, and and how our ADHD symptoms are manifesting, but also hunger and cravings and feeling better in that area, which we also all tend to struggle with a lot. Yes. And I had that note written down. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. When eating food, like ideally you want to be pairing the complex carb with the protein and the healthy fats because it's going to keep you stable. It's going to keep you full longer. It's going to support our dopamine because it's not, it, it has stores to pull from for later when you eat that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we just do stuff that's super carbohydrate rich, right? It's just, we got a really quick dopamine hit and then it's gone and then we crash and then we go for it again. Right. So it's like you're constantly reaching for more sugar or more of a refined carbohydrate to get that dopamine high again. Whereas we can like even that out with the way that we eat. And it's, that's totally part of the picture when you said a body that is in balance craves more balance. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of it too, because when we are just giving ourselves those spikes and crashes, we don't realize how few cravings we actually could have, you know, it's like just changing that one thing can make such a big difference in that area. Yeah. I love that. Hydration actually helps with that too, because our body tricks us into thinking we're hungry when we're actually thirsty. Yeah. 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 A lot of all, those are all the things that I kind of hit on too. Like I said, we have so many similar philosophies and like what you kind of start with, you know, it's like, you can just start with those cornerstones and it doesn't have to be perfect. So Okay. You've, I've learned so much about supplementation from your Instagram page. So I want to also talk about a little bit your journey with medication. Cause you told me that you're taking a break from medication and you're trying something else. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And then also like, what are some good supplements for people with ADHD to be looking out for? Yeah. And or, yeah. Yeah. I'll Definitely. <laughs> so First off, for me making the decision to try medication was like a really big deal. Like that was a lot of thought because I essentially, like I don't really even take Tylenol for things. Like I have different substitutes for that. Like I've always, I've gotten to the place where I'm like, I try to like seek it out in nature to like treat things. But I was really struggling when I got my diagnosis. And I said to myself, you know what? Like I... I need something now that's going to allow me to put everything else into place 
to support myself because I can't do that where I'm at right now. So I made the decision of trying Adderall was what I tried. So I was taking 10 milligrams of Adderall and it really did help me manage my life in the sense that it all of a sudden didn't take like a 20 minute pep talk to like wash the dishes. Like those were like the biggest things that I noticed. Like I was able to kind of more freely flow into the everyday things that would kill me before. And how long have I, so it's like October of 2019 when I first started. And then it's been just in this last three weeks that I've been trying something different. And it's actually because the Adderall was just, I was having a really hard time with my skin. It was making me break out and like really big, deep, painful zits. And no matter what I did, I couldn't get rid of it. And that was very weird for me. So that was just getting frustrating. And that, so I actually went to talk about switching my medication with a new doctor. And lo and behold, this doctor was actually like, you know, yes, I can put you on another medication, but if you're having this skin reaction to Adderall, it's likely you're going to have it to these other ones. And he's like, I actually have so much, I've had so much success with my ADHD patients with high dosage L-theanine. So first of all, this blew my mind because I'm like, how are you a medical doctor telling me to take like an extract from green tea? This is crazy. Right, right. And that's not what I went to him for, but I went, you know what? I didn't want my medication to be a long-term solution. I really wanted it to give me the space and the time to like organize my life in such a way that I can manage this myself. So I was like, I'll try it. I had some Adderall left. I was like, if this goes sideways, I have medication left that I can try. So I've been taking... 450 milligrams of L-theanine two to three times a day. I'm often forgetting my third time a day, but two times a day. And it's blown my mind. It has blown my mind with how much it has helped me, most specifically in just my mood, my sense of peace, my mindfulness. Like I'm in the middle of like a massive home reno while still keeping up our current household, like running a business. I'm doing all of these things and I've been doing it without my medication and this L-theanine and it's going, oh, and my sleep. Oh my God. I sleep like so sound. I dream so soundly. I wake up naturally early and like, that's not a thing. That was never a thing for me. And all, and that helps your ADHD symptoms immensely, right? Yes. Just getting good sleep. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's been going really well. So I still have a bit of my Adderall. Like I've been so busy. Like yesterday I had so much to do. Like I took a medication yesterday. So I've been, it just, I just haven't been taking it every day. It's been like once a week at this point when I just have like days that I need a lot, but that's been awesome for me. So I love that. And when you told me that it honestly gave me so much kind of hope because yeah, I was struggled for so long that then when I did start medication, which I, I was afraid of Adderall, you know, so I started on one called a dentist, but it made such a difference for me, even on such a small dosage that I've been thinking about the fact that, you know, within the next few years, probably want to start a family. And I was already starting to think, oh my God, am I going to be able to manage life? Or is there any other alternative, like holistic options for when you're pregnant besides medication, you know, and that's me being totally transparent because once you see the other side and you're like, gosh, this is how other people function. You're kind of like, Oh, like I didn't, you know, you realize how good it can be. Um, And so the L-theanine, I just had never heard that. And so that is just so cool. And I, yeah, I, I was the same way where it was like, I was not sure about medication. 
But I think we get to the point again with this pendulum that it's like we can find this balance at the in the middle of like appreciating both like modern medicine and like and just finding this balance between Eastern and Western medicine, you know, yeah. like sometimes, sometimes yeah. medication is the best option. Absolutely. And sometimes it's not. Absolutely. And a combination of both. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's like my goal is just like to have more integration and like stop having it being us against them because there are things that allopathic medicine is incredible at and that we need. And then there's things that it's weak in and like to actually like raise up these voices that actually have the education on the other side. It's just, right. yeah, we would all benefit I, so immensely. Absolutely. Everything is so dual right now, you know, when it comes to politics or when it comes to things like this, you know, it's like, I think we all would benefit from seeing the gray a little bit. I do think that's also kind of, even though ADHDers, we do tend to be very black and white thinkers and all or nothing. If we can learn to harness it, our lack of focus kind of helps us like see both sides and make connections. And oh yeah. Be able to see that great. If we can learn how to harness that kind of strategy, yeah. that thought process, you know? Yeah. I've always so, been very open-minded that way. Like I'm always like super open to new information and I will allow myself to change my opinions on things. And me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, but <laughs> I'm open to it, you know? Yeah. So obviously if you're listening, don't go, don't throw away your medication. Talk to your doctor no. yes, about L-theanine, but just good to know about other options out there. Yeah. And then what others, are there any other supplements that you would say like people with ADHD should look into or think about? Totally. So I wrote a, just a couple that I think are just like key. And um, that is omega-3s. There's a lot of research on brain health and good research on ADHD with omega-3s. So if you're not eating like fish regularly in your diet, you probably need to be taking an omega-3 supplement, a high quality probiotic. I don't think we have time to even get into it, but yeah, the, the relationship between our gut and our brain is like profound. So just making sure that your gut microbiome is in good shape. So high quality probiotic for sure. And either just like a magnesium supplement or like a full mix of like a bunch of minerals. Like those are huge and not just ADHD years, like a hundred percent of society is deficient in minerals. So getting those in you. And then this one, just because we're ADHD years and we're not always going to be eating enough vegetables, we're going to go ba- back and forth. I am huge on having just like a greens or a phytonutrient supplement on hand that I can just like chuck in my smoothies or in oatmeal even just to be like, I haven't eaten vegetables. Like this is like, I'll just cover my bases that way. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And it's like always whole foods first approach, but having those things and knowing we're not always going to be perfect. And there are going to be days when we're like, I haven't eaten a vegetable in two days, you know, yeah. having those things on hand, like Definitely. there's no shame in that, you know, no. I love that so much. And honestly, I feel kind of proud of myself because I take all of those things you just mentioned. Yeah. I was like, wow, I didn't, I really thought there, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Magnesium is a supplement that I like probably the only supplement I recommend. Cause like I said, that's not my area of specialty, but it's the one thing I've noticed such a big difference in my sleep, my gut health. I've just actually noticed a difference with that. And I normally feel like I can't notice a difference with supplements. So yeah, I love Mm -hmm. that. Those are such great suggestions. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I could talk to you for seriously hours. There's so many other things that we kind of haven't dove into. We'll (laughs) We'll have to do a part two because I think diving into gut health um, would be awesome. A couple other questions real quick too. So Mm -hmm. 
one more thing when it comes to cooking and mm-hmm. e- eating nutritiously with ADHD, that's something a lot of people struggle with is, is the cooking portion, you know, and I love cooking. It's like a hyper focus of mine. So, but that's not the case for everyone. So do you have any, like, like one or two good hacks for people who don't love cooking, like how they can just kind of make it easier on themselves to eat more nutritiously? And uh, yeah. So what comes to my mind right away, I'm obsessed with smoothies. So like, if you don't love cooking, being able to just like, like, like I said, putting in a green supplement, like putting in some mixed berries, like things that would, it takes you 30 seconds to chuck stuff in like a blending cup and blitz it up and just know that you have given your body so many nutrients. And then really whatever else happens throughout the day, at least you had that stuff in your smoothies. So I think that's a really easy one because it's super time effective. It's cost effective. I love smoothies. I have become really obsessed with an instant pot. So this has been a new thing for me. Like you can find recipes for anything online and you can make like what looks like the most elaborate, amazing meal in like 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. And it does everything for you. And you might as well have been cooking it all day. So (laughs) I would say that's an investment worth getting because you can just completely flail and have not prepared dinner and in 20 minutes are eating something so good. And then I guess if you could get yourself to do it, just having a day of the week that you like wash and cut some of your veggies and they are just ready because the less work it takes to like throw something together and make a meal, the more likely you are to do it. Totally. Ooh, one more frozen vegetables. If you hate cooking and you don't want to chop and wash, there's nothing wrong with buying frozen vegetables. Absolutely. I love those so much. Yes. The instant pot is such a life changer because it's like, even if you forgot to defrost the chicken or whatever, like you don't need to remember any of that. You just throw it in there. It does it all for you. It's the best. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. And that I've learned that too, like just knowing ourselves and not expecting ourselves to make a gourmet meal where we're chopping all the vegetables from scratch that moment. If you when we have the executive function to chop up veggies, to throw in a stir fry or throw in the instant pot or whatever, you know, some people think having those pre-prepared veggies on hand just for when you're grabbing and eating raw veggies. But I also do that for my meals throughout the week, you know, Mm -hmm. so that it's just easier. So I love that. Those are really, really great tips. Oh my gosh. I am so happy you came on. Thank you so much. Yeah. Like you said, I feel like we have to do a part two because there's so much more we could have talked about. One last question for you before we kind of wrap up, what makes you vibrant? Since we are on vibrancy with ADHD, what would you say makes you vibrant? I love that. Honestly, no word of a lie. It's, oh, I don't know. I think, I think it's my supplement routine. Like I have got it nailed. I have found all of my favorite things and it's just, yeah. I don't know. I can't even explain it. Just like my energy levels, my skin health, my gut health, my everything in my life has like improved tremendously once I got that like nailed down. And well, yeah, and then surrounding myself with good people and nature and like taking time out, like all of those things, always pursuing something that you're interested in. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cause when you're doing all those things and taking care of yourself and doing the things you love, you can really be the best version of yourself, right? Yes. 
Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so much. Before you go, tell people like where they can find you and follow you and how they can work with you, because I'm sure people are going to want to after hearing this. So yeah, I am most active on Instagram as far as this kind of content related to ADHD. So you can find me at at ADHD.health.hacks. And then if you want to talk more closely and you want me to help get you set up with some nutrition and supplements, literally just go to the link in my bio. There's a tab that says work with me. It has a few key questions. And then we just chat and see if it is a good fit for you. And I respond to basically all of my messages on Instagram too. So you can always just shoot me a message on Instagram. Awesome. Okay. And I'll put all her stuff in the show notes that you can find her and go follow her and gather all the information from her. So thank you, Julie, so much for being here. This was awesome. So much fun. Have a good day. Thank you. You too.